I didn't realize I'd ever Sorry. That. It was just, yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so I managed to derail the podcast in record time, I think. Instantly, instantly yeah. derailed. Um, as with every week, we're going to drink some beers. We haven't even started beers yet. No. Um, and then we're going to talk about some games we've been playing, and we're going to chat a little bit about a, a topic later in the episode, um, which revolves around a... What are they called? He's like a commentator, isn't he? And a streamer for a yeah, game I think called a Smite. Yeah, and uh, and a little incident that um, this fellow was involved in. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, what beers have you got this week, Adam? All right, I've got quite the haul because of my recent trip to New Brunswick. Um, I've got this baby um, beer. It is a um, it's a little IPA mm. from Petit Sol, and it's called Sur Catherine. Sister Catherine, Ooh. and it's a picture of a nun. Nice. Uh, Disgruntled nun. Yeah. Sister Catherine's class was not the most popular, although this teacher did whip several generations of young students into shape. Our IPA was brewed with five hop varieties. Sister Catherine would be proud. Its bitterness will bring you to your knees. Nice. The, the Canadian beers, I'm finding, you've, you've always got a good um, description on the bottles. Yeah. Not so much on these, uh, on, the, on the British wow. beers. And then I've also got Uncle Leo's IPA, which has no description, but a nice little drawing of, I assume, Uncle Leo. Looks a bit like Mario. Slightly <laughs> shady. And it's from uh, Lionsbrook, Nova Scotia. Um, Sister Catherine, or Sir Catherine, is um, from Edmonston, New Brunswick. Okay. And I have the Reanimator Doppelbock, which is an unfiltered um, doppel, uh, strong beer uh, from PEI Brewing company that's not a pei brewing company it's literally called prince edward yeah. island brewing company yeah you've had a couple from them before haven't you i think so on, uh, no i think i had gahan from pei mm, possibly anyway um so yeah those are my three i'm celebrating atlantic canada given that i'm going to leave atlantic canada soon very good very good um my beers this week come from our friendly grocer morrison's um, just because they were the most convenient to go and pick, and Morrison's do quite a good selection of beers. These are three that I haven't had before. Um, so I've got a uh, Crafty Dan 13 Guns, nice. um, an American IPA. It's got a cannon on the uh, yep. can. Um, I've also got a, a Piston Head, I, th- I believe they're called Piston Head Custom Lager, um, but the beer that I have is a lager beer. I don't know what that means. I think it's just see. a lager. It's got a nice flaming skull oh, on yeah. the can. Um, and I've also got one by Hard Knot, which is an infrared, which is an IPA. Excellent. Um, 
So I thought I'd try those ones out this week. What are you starting with? Um, so it's, I think I'll have to start with the reanimator. Oh, it also has a description. Uh, we <laughs> of wanted it another. Does. We wanted another reason to look forward to spring, so we brewed this back in the dead of winter, conditioned it for months, and canned it just in time to celebrate the fresh emergence of spring. Deep red in color with sweet malt aromas, very low bitterness, and a bit of heat from the high alcohol. Reanimator has a huge depth of flavor while remaining easy to drink. Cheers to spring! Nice. And it's 8.1%. Um, <laughs> You're starting with that one. <laughs> well, because the other two are IPAs. Yeah, yeah. So it's either this giant 6% IPA. Yeah. Or this small bottle of 8%. Uh, se- oh, 7%. Um, however, I forgot my glass. So through the magic of podcasting, I'm going to snap my fingers and I will have a glass. Excellent. So we're back. The power of podcasting and editing stuff. Um, I'm going to start with a piston head because it is a, a Pilsner. Um, reading the back, it says that it's got some Pilsner, a Pilsner malt injected with um, Spalter Select Magnum and Pearl Hops. So I'm going to go with this one first. Oh, I have to say the uh, Doppelbock. Mm. It's quite the lovely um, springy can. It's got a little tree. Uh, a picnic basket full of beer bottles and a birdhouse in the tree. Nice, nice. This one, uh, as I said earlier, is a a very black can with a giant flaming skull. Not quite Ghost Rider. No, no. I've had um, I've had an amber ale by these guys before, um, which Morrison's also sold, uh, and that was very nice. Which is why when I saw this, I thought I would um, I'd pick this one up. Uh, it looks like a, a like a lager, very light in color, very translucent. Not um, a lot ahead for a lager. No, no, a little yellower than um, than than a lot of lagers. But and here they weren't lying. It's it's quite an orangey red. Mm, that is, um, and about a pinky's worth of head. So not quite a finger. Nice. Um, smells really sweet. Not sickly yeah. sweet, but that multi sweetness is, is the first thing you get. So far, their description bang on. That's good. I mean, it, yeah. Ooh. This uh, this pilsner, or I suppose I should say lager, is what they called it on the, the the front. It does taste like a lager. It's it's almost got that um, standard sort of almost German sort of lager uh, taste to it. It's almost like a Bex or something, but just a little a little sweeter. You get a little more of the malt than you sort of do with sort of a standard um, lager. Um, a lot of times you get um, a, a nuttiness in lagers. Do you find that? Not hugely. Not, not, um, that's not really coming through. Um, mm. That's quite nice, though. I really like this uh, double block. It's um, it, it, that sweetness stays throughout. Yeah, uh, it gets a there's a slight bitterness and tartness in the finish, but mm. the sweetness stays and is still stronger. So you sort of go, oh, it's a little meh. Yeah, um, okay. Very drinkable. It's not over. It's not like I said, not sickly sweet. Yeah, yeah. I will say that um, they say heat from the alcohol, but frankly, I, I, if you Gave this to me blind. I would never get this. Guess this is eight percent. No. Okay. I mean, I, I was thinking something very similar with this with the piston head. I think if you'd have lined this up with a Bex or 
something slightly similar, something maybe like a San Miguel, um, like a draft San Miguel, yeah. not a bottled one. But um, they they do have that very similar sorts of taste to them. So it's not giving me a huge amount more, but it's pleasant. So it's quite nice. Excellent. What um, I'll let you start this week, Adam. What um, what games have you been playing? Um, probably the the number one thing I've played is. Um, well, actually, it's been another beta week or week or two. Um, so last week was the. In a, I'm not even sure if it stopped. The Battleborn open beta. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Battleborn is sort of a choose a hero, level them up, MOBA esque mm. multiplayer game. Um, although I actually played more of the plot missions than just the general matches. Okay. Uh, I thought they, they were quite well done. Um, you just get you know matchmaked if you don't have enough people. You can play them privately, but that defeats the purpose. Mm-hmm. I only played uh, two or three characters to get a feel for the game. I played the archer, because I always end up playing an archer at some point. Um, and she was really good. Like uh, There were people who were several levels above me. That was the first time I played, and I was second in points on that story yep. mission, just because I was killing like a mad, mad bastard. So this is it's um it's FPS, isn't it? Uh, TPS, no okay. FPS. Yeah, FPS. You're right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remembered seeing my character, but when you taunt, it uh, goes away. Uh, it, like scrolls away, so you can see your character taunt before yeah. um coming back. And this is by this is so I get confused between this one and Overwatch. Battleborn is the Gearbox yeah made one, which are the Borderlands devs. Correct. And Overwatch is the Blizzard one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And um, this one, there's a multitude of heroes. You start right. with a choice of like six, but you can mm-hmm. unlock them as you go along. Yeah. Um, I also played as the Sniper and did okay. I did a mission by myself as him, and it didn't feel as organic. Despite being okay. basically the same class, ranged mm-hmm. kind of, kind of, you know, pudgy. If you in close melee combat, it just felt a lot more um, clunky. Yeah, which I'm not sure a gun-toting robot should be. Maybe mm. clanky, but not clunky. That's fair. That's fair. Did the other characters feel? Uh, yeah, and then different, I played or did they all quite feel sort of heavy and, and clunky? Or was it just that character? It was just that character. Just sort yeah. of there wasn't a lot of smoothness. And I'm comparing the two ranged fighters. Yeah. And yep. then I played a generic melee guy, warrior type, which I honestly can't remember and much about it. And and it, but it was it was fluid. It just you know, I'm not really that strategically. I I don't really. It doesn't get my rocks off doing that type yeah, of yeah. Running and gunning. Although I end up running and gunning as weak characters, I I don't use range enough sometimes. I, <laughs> I think, but I enjoy the sort of frenetic balance you need to play when you're yeah, doing yeah. playing the, the class slightly wrong. Um, but yeah, it was fun. Uh, not super remarkable. Again, I played the. I would play Battleborn over Paragon, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was in the closed. Uh, now or closed beta now early access because I was in closed beta, or if you had bought the game, you would also get or bought a pack founders pack. You'd also get oh, yeah, early access because yeah. it's free to play except upgrady cosmetic stuff. 
Mm-hmm. It's not not free to play at the moment. I seem to remember I downloaded the client on uh, on PS4 for Paragon. Yeah, yeah uh, so wouldn't it, actually allow me to play until I'd bought the founders pack. Right, because it's I in it was do. yeah, it was in early access. Yes. So yeah. if you had helped them with the beta, you got the early access without having to buy the thing. If you mm-hmm. bought the thing, you got early access. But once it comes out, it's so supposedly free to play. I still, <laughs> since last time we talked about it, haven't looked into how their funding model works, how what the Founders Pack really does for you. Yeah. Um, but it's they've they've actually improved shooting. I think I talked about how it was just very it was a clunky like your base attack is really slow until you upgrade it a couple times, and that just sort of made the early levels kind of shit. Yeah, and they've ever across the board the basic attack um, speed has gone up, but um, overall it just it paces kind of the pace struggles in the beginning, and it can get you can get like massive amounts of points, but if you haven't optimized your leveling, then you get ruined really quickly by the by your opponents or just yeah. out leveled by your teammates because if you both of you are running along the same lane. Um, and one of you has way more power than you're attacking a group of you know grunts, and you're slowly killing them. And this one guy does one. The guy beside you is three levels above you. Does one move, and they all die, and you you don't get anything for it, right? Yeah, yeah. I think with with because Paragon's third person, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but also, it's you level up during the match. Um, and can level up skills and things, so you can yeah. sort of spec as you level up through the match. Do you get any of that with something like Battleborn? Um, or... You get, you do level up your character and yourself, and there's perks that you can add. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you unlock ability. I can't actually remember because I didn't play enough to see what the main difference would be leveling up the character. I do know you get like global perks that you can attach to a kit, like okay, um, as you level up, but. I was quite capable, like I said, playing a character with its base things. You still, you you also level up your character as you go in a match. So, excuse me. Uh, so yeah, but I guess maybe it's just the inherent narrative nature that's that comes along with Battleborn mm-hmm. that I like. That you could play a narrative, but also multiplay it. So you have so- this sort of Left for Dead ish feel to it, as well as the general deathmatchy stuff yeah i was just going to say what does what's the narrative um sort of elements of the matches actually entail oh it's like um there's there's basically plot chapters there's like chapters with a couple of missions and you can say randomly which of the missions you want that you've unlocked Mm -hmm. so far or say i'm going to wait for this specific one right okay and then now and then you can once you've done all of them the chapter's done um so in that way you you get the parts of the story in the right order, but don't have to wait for every, oh no, everyone's done this mission, I'm screwed, I can do this other one. Yeah. Um, and they're fun, they're pretty standard, like oh, there's the you know, there's an invasion force and you have to go f- make sure they don't invade this place by doing this thing, oh and there's a boss, and sometimes the boss is a giant spider thing that shoots, ha- spider robot that hatches little robots Sometimes it's a computer program that you have to fight in a weird computery level. It doesn't right, really okay. make sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I don't think it's worth seventy dollars or whatever the standard game price yeah, is. Yeah, it's about forty pounds over here. Yeah, um, it's still fairly forgettable. I think as an experience. Okay. Um, like 
in again I, I will probably go back to it having said that and, and try a little more like the same character and see what the leveling is and see if there's more depth than I'm giving it credit for Sure. Um, but at the, as it stands, it might. It's also there's just so much option going on in that space, and none of it's really wowed me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. wowed. Um, that uh, I, I'm definitely going to wait until the Overwatch open beta and play and put a few hours into that before I mm-hmm. even have a clue which way I'm going to go, if any. Yeah, I mean, do you think that these sorts of games are going to not overtake? Um, the you know more traditional uh, FPS games like COD and um, Battlefield and things like that. But do you think they'll carve some of that market out and take a few people away from those games, or is it aimed at different? You know, is it first-person games, first-person shooters aimed at a different audience? I think it's um, it's more. Well, at least Battleborn is kind of trying to live in a weird space. Um, it's trying to live in the Team Fortress 2 space. Okay. Right? The team shooter. Yep. Team versus team where where but where there's different roles and different abilities versus mm-hmm. sort of COD where you could technically spec slightly differently but every man is for himself and there just yeah, isn't just, a lot yeah. of team play. Yeah. Um so it's trying to do that and I think the reason why we have these story missions is because um Titanfall just didn't do as well as it should have, given how um, much fun it is, he says, having first played it less than 24 hours ago. <laughs> um, but, like, its biggest problem was everyone was complaining about it not having a, a first-person campaign, right? Yeah. And same with Star Wars, Battlefront. People really yes. pissed they didn't get a first-person first campaign, even though it's basically sold as a multiplayer shooter. Yeah. And so, but like I said, it's, I the fact that I could multiplay the campaign even with randoms made me want to play that to get the feel for the game before I just jumped into matches and I think yeah it's a nice way of infusing it in um uh, you know cod every iteration of does give you that 6 or 8 hour single player campaign um which sort of over the last few years it's been said that it sort of gets a bit more pointless because people buy it and use a lot of and play most of their game in the multiplayer part of it or on the additional right. parts like the zombie sort of survival modes and things like that um but uh, it's a difficult one to know whether if cod just removed their single player campaign there would suddenly be uproar i, I um, think i think battlefront is exactly what 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 you would see in i think there's a a larger than they give credit for percentage of buyers who play who just want to play the single player Mm. um and yes it's a multiplayer game but if 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 a chunk of your sales like if i'm playing it single player and i i don't even have have my console connected to the internet to do that yeah um then i'm not going to show up in your statistics except your sales statistics right yeah yeah so there's there's not a very good way of figuring out how large this segment is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... Uh, I, I, people like me, at least, like because I don't play these games often, I, I've never caught it until now, basically. Right. Until like, the Blops um, mm-hmm. 3 beta. And, uh, and I've got Blops 1 and 2 now, because I got it at a pawn shop 
in um, New Brunswick for nice. 15 bucks for the dual pack for the PS3. Reasonable. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll play that in multiplayer too, but because these communities are full of people who are so good, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to, like, I want to have the hours to get familiar with this specific game and its control schema so such that I can beat a mess, mission reasonably on hard before I even step into the arena, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, you want because a I, bit of practice. Because I, I know I'm just going to get raped. Yeah, you want to you want to be able to understand the mechanics, how maybe the class that you're that picking is, is it works and and stuff like that before you then jump in. Definitely, yeah. Excellent. Well, it sounds like Battleborn is fun, at least fun. But yeah, I, I, it's not something I would gush over. Okay, cool. Nice. Yourself? What, uh... um, so I, I, I've been playing um, a couple of games this week. The first one I will talk about is Zombie, mm, PS which Plus. is yeah, it's a PS Plus game for the PlayStation Four this month, uh, the month of April. It is a port from the Wii U game Zombie U, which was um, See, I didn't know that. Which is made by Ubisoft. I believe it either came out on launch with the Wii U or was very early. It was very its... early, and it was it was like the see, look, the Wii U isn't just for kids' games. Yeah, yeah. So it's a first-person game. It's sort of when you go into the game, you get a couple of um, bits of text that pop up on the screens as you're going through the title screen, saying how long will you survive and things like this. So you're kind of almost touted that it's got sort of a survival element to it um and i played through the game as the the opening character um you start off you know as you do with a lot of these kinds of games with a baseball bat only a couple of zombies come at you right um it's quite good in that you have to prepare your attack so you have to hit l2 to hold the bat up and then r2 which will bring the bat back down to swing um, it's the same with aiming. Once you then pick up a gun, it's uh, L2 to aim and R2 to shoot. And you can't um, fire from the hip then, is that? Um, I don't know. I never tried, actually. I, I didn't use guns a huge amount because I was trying, thinking that I would need to you know, conserve, conserve ammo. ammo for It's the grenade heavy... problem. Yeah, exactly. You I've never used grenades. You, you're suddenly going to be swamped by um, a lot of enemies to want to, to have all of that ammunition. So I used the cricket bat for quite a, a big portion of this. Um, and the first level is moving out from the subway system or the the, um, the underground station that you're in because it's set in London and you have to bet, not a baseball bat yes and you have to go out and um, connect some four. Um, camera connect networks four. To, you don't connect four there's no games in the zombie apocalypse um, yeah you have to connect a, a CCTV camera network up and go to a supermarket to see if there's any supplies and some shit right um so, you know, progress through the level. It's got some nice things um, that you can pick up flares. If you throw flares, that attracts the zombies, so that pulls them all out of the way to give you a clear path. Oh, that's um, a unique idea. Yeah, it, it sort of allows you to conserve ammo and also not get into um, combat. Because I, I got to a point where you approach this supermarket and there's about four zombies, um, two on the ground and two sort of shambling about. And I threw this flare and the two shambling about start walking over towards it and the two on the ground didn't really move and then as i approached them that's when they sort of triggered and started to get up but they're quite slow in 
responding, so I was able to just sort of breeze past them and, and mm. move to the door that I needed to go in to go into the um, supermarket. Um, and I, you know, played a few levels, progressed through, and died as the character that I was very cheaply. Um, something I, I walked into a big container because um, there was something. Full stop. Yeah. Uh, something had been uh, marked that it was in the containers and I'd killed a couple of zombies to get there. There was no more noise. I couldn't hear anything. No it's going on in the background. But right, cool, I'll walk into the container and there was just one in there behind the door which ate me, basically. And I died. Um, I then respawned as a different character hmm. um, back in the underground station. So the, the sort of the little base of operations that's been right. set up. Um, and I'd had the same objective that I was heading towards. So I didn't have to start again. Right. Um, but I didn't have anything in my inventory or backpack right. apart from a cricket bat and a pistol. Oh. Um, I picked up another couple of weapons on the, the way through. Uh, but that is where I put the game down and haven't picked it back up yet. And is that because you were annoyed at the cheapness of the death or annoyed at losing all your stuff or just uh, I done... wasn't annoyed at, I, I wasn't annoyed at losing all my stuff. I thought that was quite a good touch. It, it makes sense if you're another yeah. character. You wouldn't have all of these things. Maybe you've got uh, – so to, to regenerate your health, you pick up small things like you know chocolate bars or, mm. uh, or drinks and things. Um, and, and you didn't sort of have any of that. And you would think, well, if they've got to this point, they may have a couple of little items. I was going to say, it'd be stuff. kind of neat, neat if you had a randomized sort of a couple of objects. Like you yeah. weren't quite yeah. as successful, but you had like a hammer and, like you said, a, a bag of chips. Yeah, completely. And, it, just, and it, did, it seemed odd that suddenly I've just woken up as a different person and this is then, you the know... The same objective? The same objective. Um, was it specific? It's a, it's a, like... Um, so the objective was get to um, Buckingham Palace. So I died on my way there. Um, so then the objective was get to Buckingham Palace. Um, we've been we've been attacked by cats again. Well, I've not been attacked by cats again. Adults yeah. being attacked by a cat. Um, one of the features that I didn't think worked very well in the PlayStation Four version, but I think probably worked excellently in the Wii U version. Imagery was. Not just inventory, but you, after a very small amount of time, you get given a, an electronic device, which is almost like a, a tablet. Hmm. And <laughs> you, can, you can hold the tablet up in-game, and on the PlayStation to do that, you have to hold L1, I believe. And he will pull the tablet up, and you can scan around the room, and it will pick out points of interest right. or lootable containers it also picks up where uh, zombies are, oh. so you can you can mark yourself which, where these different things are by holding this pad up. Which in um, the in the Wii U version is the actual you're actually holding the tablet up. Yes, and you're holding it at the so screen. exactly. Whereas it felt slightly clunky in the in the PlayStation Four version, um, a, a feature very specifically built for the Wii U to well, that, I was take advantage to of, the, of the tablet control pad. Um, so it just sort of felt a little bit... Yeah, I mean, they had to do something on the PlayStation version, I assume, to, to be able to get it in there, and having it mapped to a button is the only thing you can really do unless they have some kind of additional app that you can put right. on 
a second screen device like your phone or a, or a tablet itself to be right, able but to, then, to then or the Vita yeah. even that would have made sense. But, but no, then you'd need to I, own two things to buy the game. That's very true. Yeah, yeah we true. wouldn't have bought. But I got for free. Uh. <laughs> um, but I mean, for for the few hours that I've sort of played the um, the first couple of levels, it was interesting. It was interesting to see these different mechanics to be able to use different items like flares and things to distract zombies away rather than just, you know, just blasting my way through different environments. And I think if I progressed through the game a little bit more, those environments may have become a little bit more difficult um, to navigate and deal with. And you might have had different options to be able to, to, to do stuff. But I don't think I'm going to go back to it. It's almost the same as Dead Star. It's It was great that it was a free PlayStation Plus game to, you know, spend a couple of hours on to experience um, and to then know, especially with, with Dead Star, that that's not really the kind of game for me. Yeah. Uh, that if something similar to that came out, I probably wouldn't gravitate towards it. You know, if it was a free PlayStation Plus game, sure, I'd install it and and give it an hour or two of my time to see what it was like. Um but yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think it, it was released. It was zombie, at least, was released um, uh, a few months ago, and I don't believe it was a not a full priced game. Um, mm. It wasn't sort of the forty pound retail price that um, you know the bigger pro- the bigger games are coming out at. It was definitely a reduced priced uh, game when it was released. Um, but yeah, it was okay. Graphically, it wasn't fantastic because it was built for a Wii U and then was was ported over. But they didn't do yeah. any texture upgrading. I'm assuming. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I've not played it on the Wii U, so I can't. What? To that. That is so shocking. I know. I don't have a Wii U. How um, surprising! I, I'm gonna um, put up an Indiegogo to to get you a Wii U for review thank purposes. You. Thank you. I'm sure everyone will contribute. Um, yeah, I mean, it had some nice lighting effects, some nice weather effects in some of the outdoor areas. It was absolutely thrashing down with rain, and, and you could sort of, the visibility was restricted very slightly. Um, it does some nice effects with um, both um, artificial and natural lighting as well. Mm. So you're, you're outside most of the time in, at, at night, and it's got some very nice sort of lighting effects from the moon and things. And then you have some great lighting effects indoors, so moving from really dark spaces where mm. uh, you know a light has either been taken out or isn't on or there is no light, um, and you get you do get a couple of it's a, you know it's meant to be a horror game I suppose you do get a couple of sort of tense moments where you've you've gone and done something um, and suddenly you turn into a corridor which is completely black because there's no light in there right. and you have to get your your torch out to be able to um, see and suddenly a zombie will lunge at you. Right. Um, but, so it's a bit jump scary, and it sounds like slightly. It sounds like your 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 death there was was like a really poor jump scare. Oh, completely. I mean, it wasn't even a jump scare. It was just you know, well, I I, I wasn't scared by it. It was more just pure annoyance. So that's just because you're hardcore, so you're not afraid of death. Exactly. That's very true. It's very true. Um, so I, if I recall correctly, Zombie U, mm-hmm. which I always thought was like um, like the 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 sequel to Monster High. <laughs> um, Zombie U, I thought one of the gimmicks was... So the inventory is done on the tablet, is that correct? It may be. 
It may be. Well, I'm not sure on the on the Wii U. Yours, so, like, how was the inventory? Um, so on. So the inventory was um, accessed through the touchpad on the PS4, and then uh, it just brought up a screen. Yeah, and it just brought up a screen, yeah. which is it doesn't pause the game, so that is in game time. So if zombies were coming towards me and I suddenly went yeah. into my bag, they would still be coming which towards me. Which was one of the gimmicks, but I thought what it was was, which was one of the things that was actually very intriguing to me was that you had the tablet to do your inventory mm. but life kept on going but you had to physically look away from the screen to the tablet right. to do your things yeah I mean, so this, you were less aware this well when it's just like your... flipping the screen over it doesn't yeah that same... yeah this just fills your screen so yeah. the, the the game is still going on in the background so you can see on the edges of the screen right. uh, what's going on because i kind of um, like the idea of like opening your inventory looking at it but being able to glance like back and forth like like if you yeah. were in a rucksack like glancing up you're, you're gonna spend more time in your bag than normal but you are also more aware which i which i think would have made this version a, a, a lot better um to to have that sort of second screen and if it had have just been an app that i could have put on my phone to be able to to do that which you know maybe i'm not sure how it would have worked whether it would have accessed the camera to be able to look on the screen I uh, wouldn't quite yeah, yeah. work i suppose but um well there's the ps4 app which does second screen stuff right yeah on your iphone yeah. it could have been an option but that's a lot of extra coding for a discount port, port. yeah 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 very much uh, i'm actually super surprised it got ported i think i think they were hoping because it was reasonably successful in the wii u mm. um Although it's been surpassed as like the Wii U game for adult gamers by Splatoon, <laughs> yeah. the cartoon shooter. Well, I think it was. Um, it's it's made by Ubisoft. Yeah, so they so, have money to try things like that. Yeah, yeah. If they can port it and make a little bit more money on a game, they are it's a currently big, big, offering big presumption, I suppose. But uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Mm. It's for sale for on the Uplay store, PC, for 30 bucks, Okay. About 15 pounds. Yeah. And also, the same game is on sale at EB Games in Canada for the consoles, the current-gen consoles, yeah. um, for 30 bucks. Oh, it's really? Like, wow, Syndicate's <laughs> doing great. Um, um, and I still Syndicate's, don't want to buy any copy. Syndicate's the newest one, right? The the London set yeah, one. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm... Interested in the environment and mm. how the like multiple protagonists in the same era because we have multiple protagonists in all of the games, mm. but it, it just got so panned that I'm just, I just thirty bucks seems like a lot. Yeah, I've sort of, I've, I think I'm done with um, with Assassin's Creed. Really, I haven't played the last. Although Black Flag was meant to be Black Flag is really good, yeah. really good and very critically acclaimed. But, I haven't played do you that know why one. It's nor. Good? It's the sailing. Because it's, the, it's essentially the, the all, stuff. All of the non-assassin parts of Assassin's yeah, Creed yeah. 4, 5, Black Flag 4. I think it's 4, yes. yeah. It is 4, yes, yes. I don't know why they decided to give that one a number when, like... Well, they brought out um, Unity, didn't they? Um, which Rogue. was the one set in Revolution, Revolutionary France. Yeah. Um, but they also brought out Rogue. Yep. Which was just on 360 and PlayStation 3. Oh, was it? And PC. Oh, and, um, yeah, and PC. Um, I did realize that it didn't come out on the other. No, it didn't. But I think that had a, that was a bit more like Black Flag and had a bit of sailing in. 
Um, but I don't know. I don't think that got very good. Um, oh, it got. It did not get good reviews. No, and I think that's because it was a sec, very secondary sort of, not even B team game. It's sort mm. of a C team game. Well, but they also have the B team games, the two D side scrolling. Uh, Chronicles, Assassin's Creed Chronicles games. Oh yes. Um, oh, yes, which hilariously they're like, in 2016 we won't put out an Assassin's Creed game because we need to make the next one right. And then within less than two weeks they announced Assassin's Creed India or Russia. I can't remember. The last of the Chronicles games came out. Yeah, and it was like it's probably actually within a month, but it's like. I see what you mean, but you guys are idiots. <laughs> Who works in your PR department? Yeah, I mean, the, the, I like the idea of those Chronicles games that they've gone back to a more two D um, side scrolling, like the, more like the original sort of Prince of Persia yeah. um, games that they've sort of jumped in there. But I don't think they've been very well received well, either. I, I like the idea, but I got a free copy of China. Okay. Um, well over a year ago, I haven't actually run it. Yeah. Nice. Right. I'm going to open my second beer. Um, I'm going to go with the Crafty Dan. 13 guns. An intense hit of hops. Ooh, intense. An American IPA. It's like the Scouts on holiday. I can't. It, it, I, the, the difference between, say, a lager and the, um, the IPA. As soon as I open the can, even though it's a foot away from me, a I'm what? instantly hit by hops. Which is a good sign. Always a good sign. From the can, it smells very nice. I shall pour and see uh, see what I get from it. Again, another beer I haven't had. I'm going to um, crack open the Uncle Leo's IPA. Yeah. I'm, I'm judging the two IPAs purely on alcohol strength and the fact that the, the Sur Catherine says that it's really strong and in your face, and the Uncle Leo's does not say anything but 6%. Yeah, I've, I've gone on... Um, on alcohol, the 13 guns is 5.5%, whereas the Hard Knots Infrared, which would be the beer I have afterwards, um, is 6.2. So none of my beers this evening are very big in um, in alcohol, in ABV. Um, oh, so this... do, do any of your um, beers have like the weird beer stats, like IBUs? I say weird. The weird beer stats. Do they have weird beer stats? The 13 guns does not. The piston head does not. The hard knot does not. Yeah. No, they do not. The only one that does for me is the Sir Catherine, which is IBU 70, SRM 11. Don't know what that means. Well, no. interestingly, because it's obviously bilingual. Ooh, nice and red. That's, uh, it is very, um, it's very red. It says on the, on the bottle, you can see it says craft brewery, but it also says Brasserie Artisanale. Ooh. That's one of my worst French accents, but um, which now we know what craft beer is in French. Excellent. Uh, there's a star in a rainbow flying over my head saying the more I know. Yeah. <laughs> this beer smells nice. This 13 guns. Um, it looks like the coloring of, of the Uncle Leo's and yours are remarkably similar. Yeah, yeah, it um, does. I mean, again, our lighting ready, is different. So. Yeah, a slight ready tint to it. Not, not a huge amount. My uh, Uncle Leo's is actually... Slightly more orange than the last beer, which was the Doppelbock, but still quite red. Yeah, um, you can see uh, the head is again thin, but it lasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has legs, as I keep using slash abusing the term. Yeah. Um. Oh, 
it smells it's not quite piney but it's got that sort of foresty i mean obviously it's from the hops but it's not it's not the more tangy or tarty it's that sort of more and not like peaty it's that sort of conifer foresty smell does that yeah, make sense yeah i know what you mean yeah this um this 13 guns you, you do get that hoppy nose but i'm not i can't quite pick out what it is on the nose that i'm getting it's just it is a little earthy in the taste it's not very sweet see my nose is actually it's got that conifery smell and a little sweetness Mm. Ooh, dries your mouth out right away. Yeah, this 13 Guns is very similar. dries your mouth out sort of straight away. There's not a huge amount of bitterness to it. It's quite smooth. Um, you don't get a huge hit in the flavour. There's sort of a lasting um, earthiness to it almost. Um, um, but, it, it, I mean, it's, it's as with the Piston Head, it's quite pleasant. I'm actually surprised that for an IPA that the... Um the taste fades quite quickly. Okay. On this one. Um, having said that, I just had half a liter of eight percent, so it might just be the mm, line. True. Um, it's, um, this thirteen guns does have another another taste in there that, as soon as you taste it, it sort of sweeps across your tongue and hits the back of your mouth, and that's what I, I can't get what that said. flavor is. Wee. I just can't get what that flavor is at all. There's something else in that. Um, what it's not, flavor? It's not, it's not grapefruity or <laughs> tropical fruit esque. Is it sweet, sour, salt, well, umami? I, would, I wouldn't say it's sweet, but it's probably closer to a sweetness than anything else. No, okay. um, it's not sort of a sour uh, taste. But on on second glug um, sip, uh, there is that hoppy bitter taste coming through, sort of right after the initial. So, sort of, if we had the quick the first taste and then the sort of the bulk of the taste and then here we have that tartness but again within less than two seconds it fades off and then the rest that sort of sweet slight malty taste fades off as well and you're left with just a slightly like a slightly dry mouth and not a lot else i'm pretty surprised because usually ipas like the, the the earmark of an ipa is that sort of long 30 plus second finish Mm -hmm. i just don't have that and yeah. I'm really surprised at the lack of bitterness overall. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, you asked me whether the any of the, the um, cans and bottles had all of that um, information, and I said the, the Crafty Dan 13 Guns didn't. Well, I'd only looked at um, one half, half of the can. Of the can. Um, <laughs> it, does, it does tell me that, um, it gives me a recipe number, but it does tell me that the Crafty Dan is 43 IBUs. Oh, okay. Um, doesn't give me much more than that in, in terms of stats. But it does say that the tasting notes is uh, intensely hoppy. I wouldn't quite go that far. It's a rich mouthfeel. I'd agree with that. Multi flavors with soft tropical fruit. Hmm. Maybe that's why I'm not picking it up because the tropical beer, the tropical fruity flavored beers that we've been having has been quite a a hit when you sort of been um, been tasting them. Um, something like the uh, Magic Rock uh, Cannonball, which I had a few weeks ago. That was a real um, really heavy tropical sort of fruity flavour, right? Um, which you could instantly pick out straight away. So this is a little, as it says in the can, soft. Um, as was, it's it's just hidden a little more. 
um, with um, the rest of the flavor. I uh, I did a quick bit of research, and it turns out SRM, which st- stands for Standard Reference Method, yielding no information through the acronym. Um, but it is it is uh, the same as the Loverbond degrees that um, okay. Alex introduced to us about a month or two ago. So it it refers to the color slash darkness, yep. which is why, of course, um, I'm sure we will see that uh, uh, SRM of eleven, given that it's IPA, it'll probably look just like ours, like pay, fairly clear, but a little a little on the translucent side, so you can see yeah. through it, but you can't. It's not like crisp detail; it's some sort sure. of fragmentation. Yeah, uh, the, the the crafty Dan is very similar in that regard. Um, the um... The piston head was very translucent, as as a lot of lagers are, and you get sort of quite clear detail through it. So, right, let's move on from beer as we enjoy these mm-hmm. to more games. Um, would you like to talk about uh, another game you've played, Adol? Sure. I, um, I uh, again going off the current betas because apparently it's beta season. Given that it's spring, spring is a second season. Is that true? It's a, it, it's a popular method of. Well, testing yeah. out your games at the moment. So I will say that the battle... Sorry, the Paragon beta, like I've said before, felt like a beta. Yeah. The Battleborn beta felt like a demo slash free weekend. Okay. I feel like Steam free weekends, I think, I think I've said this before, but Steam free weekends are what consoles call betas. Right. And I recognize yeah. that we yeah, get betas on Steam as well, but this like idea of it's a basically a polished game. Here's a limited time to play with it. Uh, I played the Mirror's Edge beta, which started uh, last weekend and will end today or Thursday. It's 26th or 28th. I can't remember. Okay. Um, and that feels like an actual closed beta, which it is. It's closed, but because it's buggy. Uh, what were you What were you playing it on? PC. Okay. Um, and it, it felt quite polished until at some point between the sort of intro mission and halfway through the, the second sort of... it's Obviously, the city is open world. You can sort of choose which mission to do next. There's the main storyline and there's side missions. Yep. But when you get to the open world, it immediately thrusts you into a mission. So okay. although you have access to the world, the next thing you have to do is on rails. Yeah. Like yep. You have to do this next thing to open up the world, even though you have access, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Open up the other missions. Yes, yes. Um, and in the middle of that mission... Something went horribly wrong, and suddenly every cutscene from then on, the voice was a full second ahead of the video and subtitles. Oh dear. Yeah, and I was like, this? This is the thing that screws up? This thing that's been in games for how long? Like, <laughs> this is not where your engine should fuck up. Um, why don't you give a quick overview of what... Mirror's Edge is... I've got it pictured in my head perfectly, because I know what it is. Alright, so Mirror's Edge came out five years ago? Yeah, probably about that. It's an EA-published game. Didn't make huge waves, but it was the first real parkour game, and the first first first-person parkour game Mm. uh, to come out from the mainstream, anyway. I think, actually, in general. And um, it was fun. So... One of the things it was it's future dystopia. You played a runner who was in the rebellion against the evil corporation running everything, but you also made money on the side doing random deliveries outside the normal business things. 
That's Sounds sort of like your... my life. Hmm? Yeah. Sounds like my life. Uh, yeah. I didn't know you wanted to out yourself as a runner. Just so everybody knows. Yeah. Not to confuse yourself with the Logan's, Logan's Run Runner because you're already past 30 and you managed to uh, not have to... What is shit? I've lost the reference. What is the name? The, 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 your 30th birthday is when you, um, you get sacrificed in the weird ceremony. But there was a, but there was a name for it. Isn't it older? Isn't it 50? No, it's 30. That's why it's, it's hilarious. 30, it? Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're both dead in Logan's Run world. Oh, well, we'll ignore that one then. Continue. Renewal. You've already uh, missed your renewal. Thank you. Um, I, I just thanked myself, technically. But, um, uh, yeah, so um, what the world is very sort of, in the, in the modern sense, modernist sense of, like, crisp lines, very linear, stark white, um, and then you get this um, runner vision, which means that the things you can grab onto and parkour with, as, lo- as well as sort of a path you can take, is marked by red objects. So you know if an object is red, you can use it for, you could push the parkour button and use it, basically. Yeah. Um, one of my main complaints about Mirror's Edge 1 was that I kind of wish it didn't have that pathing. Yeah. Because. In, if I recall correctly, in Mirror's Edge 1, even if you didn't follow the arrows, so to speak, everything that was usable was red. So even if you right. tried to have a more efficient path, it was still sort of painted out for you. Mm-hmm. Um, with this, they explicitly tell you throughout the demo, or beta, whatever you call it, a handful of times, that um, you have this sort of phantom runner that goes ahead of you, that draws like how, how it starts as a body, but quickly becomes just a red swoosh that sort of... Sh- swooshes around the bits you need to do so you could tell like if it swooshes close to a wall and then over you're supposed to wall run on that wall yeah um it quickly tells you that that doesn't necessarily mean it's the only or the most efficient way but it is a way but so they've got it, so they've got rid of these red highlighted well objects. sort of because most of most of the time when you come up to the objects at least on the path they highlight red Right. But I noticed a couple of times that they didn't. I don't know if those were bugs or glitches. And I also noticed that when I went off the path, things didn't necessarily turn red, okay. which I liked. Right. So I like the idea that because you have this sort of the, – the idea is you have some sort of chip and display in your eye. And so, yeah, things should be highlighted red that the computer program has drawn for you, even if the program's sort of ghost run basically yeah. has gone through. It can still highlight these. But if I decide to go right instead of left – I shouldn't know anything except I think I can climb that because it looks like a ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I mean, that was good. Uh, in Mirror's Edge 1, you could fight, but there was much more of an emphasis on evading fights. Like, like you had the choice to enter a fight or you had the choice of quickly evading being hit and continuing to run. And given that the game was really about fluidness, yeah, and not breaking pace. You rarely wanted to sort of get into a skirmish, and yeah. indeed there were like achievements for not, you know, um, not shooting a guy or not hitting a guy and just getting through. Yeah, you almost want that to be part of your run, almost. Yeah, that you can run through an area, jump over something, hit someone to knock them down, and, and then keep, keep going. going. Yeah, yeah. So the big difference. Uh, along those lines is that you um, 
in your tutorial are given a, a very extensive combat um, tutorial okay. after the gen generic parkouring one. Mm. Things like um, hit, like if you hit a direction arrow and your attack button, you'll do a kick in that direction. So you can kick a guy into another guy and it'll disable them both. Um, it does things like which I like. Like, if you're jumping and you hit attack, you'll attack, jump, and keep going, like we said. You can keep yep. going because you've knocked him out cold. Same thing with the slide, but these sort of more melee, skirmishy things, like instead of just front kicking the guy, kicking him to on the left side of his head so he stumbles into someone, or you can kick a guy three times, and the third time he's, like, the second time he's against, like, a, a wall or a, uh, a railing, I should say. And then the third time you kick him, he falls over. And you have to do these combat things as part of the tutorial. But then right. on your first sort of real run trial, I did one of the moves which sort of knocks a guy and I can keep going. And then I had nowhere to go because I had to go back to the guy um, because I had to steal some chips, basically. And he was right by the chip box. Right. Um, okay. But because I didn't engage him the right way, it just wouldn't let me I, I knocked him out and then it was like failed like i was supposed to knock him out and then get the chip i hit him kept going turned around came up the stairs beat him up old school style and then failed the mission because i didn't do kill him but i did kill him <laughs> um so i don't know if that's a bug but it's in general the idea that i have to engage Mm. And several mm. times in the first few missions, you 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 are forced to fight. Yeah, and I think that's just not what the game is about. I'm disappointed in that. I'm okay with introducing new ways of fighting, um, but really, I, I'm only interested in like the jump punch, the slide punch, the the dodge. Like, there's a dodge move where you can sort of you basically um, do a slide ninety degrees around him, and then you can smack him. I like that. Like, if I'm stuck, if I screw up and I'm stuck in a melee skirmish, I want to be able to quickly dodge him, smack him so he stumbles to the right, and then book it. Like, that seems like a new addition to the melee that is sort of, it's new, it, it's more fight interactive, but it doesn't go, go against the spirit of whatever you do, you shouldn't have to fight. Oh, yeah, but if yeah. I have to fight, I have more resources to get out of it versus I have more re resources to kick ass. Sure. Um, so that was disappointing. And again, a couple of times in this beta, uh, like there was the one where you practiced the fluid takedowns, where you basically sprinted and in, you did different um, parkour moves, moves into a quick attack so you could keep running, which yeah. to me is the best way to show com This is the only combat they should have trained us in. Um, but one of them I just kept doing not quite the right way they wanted. So okay. I would still be in the air and it was still hit the guy before I landed. Uh, but I didn't do it the way they wanted, even though the instructions were unclear. And so I kept failing. I, I failed the mission five times in a row, doing exactly, well, doing a, a very clear interpretation of what the words said. But it, it, my timing was a little off, so apparently I wasn't. Right. But it didn't tell me, like, you need to be doing this you know, quite early in the air or whatever. It just said, Knock the people out as you go, and I knocked the guy out as I went, and it so wasn't the right would way. Would it have? Would it have been? Had you have done it on the timing that it had wanted you to, would it have been exactly the same animation and exactly the same uh, takedown? It, it would have been functionally the same, but it would have been a slightly different animation. 
right okay i can't remember i was honestly i was just happy that one time i did it that it <laughs> and then just move on instantly well because and it was there was yeah you know, i had to though right because the whole point was fluid so once i hit the guy like to be honest it was hit that guy and then run on the surf the roof you were on and then jump off a little like um hvac yeah. thing on the top of the building to launch yourself onto the next building to hit a guy and I'd be in the middle of the the launching myself to hit the next guy when it would fail the mission on me. Yeah. So this time, I just got used to doing that and assuming I wouldn't. And this time, I had to scramble to hit the attack button because suddenly I wasn't failing midair. <laughs> I was like, which I'm really glad I managed to hit it the first time because I would have been so fucking pissed if yeah, I managed completely. without really realizing what I did special to pass the one just to fail the other because I just wasn't used to the idea that I might be able to play again. Yeah. But yeah. So... So it feels like a beta because it's broken in places, uh-huh. um, which I'm okay with because it's a beta. Mm. Um, it's not supposed to come out for a while, I think. Is it, um, has it put you off playing the full game or, or, or sort of has it allowed you to think, okay, this is going to be fine and it's not coming out for a while. I know that they're going to refine it. This is why they've had the beta out to test out these issues. I honestly hadn't really thought much about it. Um, building up to it. I don't know why. Cause I think, well, it's made me want to finish the first game because I only played a few hours but really enjoyed them. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't make me want to buy it day one by any means. Like, it's not mm. like one of those amazing experiences. Yeah. It actually makes me want to finally start playing Dying Light. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, it made me, it, it sort of made the, hey, it'd be fun to parkour part of me have an itch yeah but um i have a couple of games that are parkoury, and it wasn't such a pristine experience and it, i would want to have that one yeah yeah no that's 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 fair enough that's fair enough yeah um you liked okay. dying light right sorry you liked dying light right um i haven't played dying light i have a couple of friends no, who uh, who really like it who, who thought it's a very excellent um an excellent game um, it's one of those that I've played maybe the first hour of um, at said friend's house. Uh, we were out, um, I can't remember what, why we were at, um, at my friend's place for some Hanging social out. some social get-together that we'd all travelled to. Um, and me and Kim were staying on their lounge floor. Everyone else was still asleep. I'd woken up early, so played an hour of, of Dying Late on their, mm. um, on their, on their PlayStation. Um, and enjoyed the first hour, but have had just so many other games to play, and, and because I didn't have it then at home to come back right. to and think, yeah, I'll instantly start playing this again. It's just one of those one of those games that's just sort of fallen by the wayside. Um, yeah, well, it, that's it, what happened to me as well. I got I got it, I think, on a Steam sale because I heard yeah. again. I had friends who basically said, even if you don't like zombie survival games, which not that I don't, of just there's it's just such a such a bloated category right now. Mm. Um, if you if you like parkour games, you need this game. And so I picked it up, but I've yet to do anything with it. And I think part of that is honestly that sort of zombie fatigue. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I meant to say this in our last conversation, but it seems to me that place we talked about this before. Hey, sorry, the podcasts are fighting. Um, <laughs> that um, PlayStation Plus continues to give us these sort of subpar mediocre splash in the pan games 
Yeah. While this month's half, because Xbox Gold Games with Gold does sort of two games on the first, two games on the fifteenth. Yep. So you can only get the games for two weeks, but it's yes. for a month or whatever. But you, was, you say two games, that's one 360 yeah. and one X1 game, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, the X1 game was Sunset Overdrive. Yes. And that is a fucking fun game. Mm. It's cartoony, mm. it's open world zombie um, nonsense. Uh, it has sort of upgradey stuff. I won't go too into detail, but like... You, um, but I think the tongue in cheek and like very more comical, comedic, comedic, that's what I'm looking for, approach is so refreshing compared to dreary, gray. Some zombies are fast, some zombies are slow, some zombies explode on you that we've had since Left 4 Dead 1. Yes, yeah. But that game did well. It's their sort of answer to, um, to Sony's um, infamous games, almost it's sort of was... very sort of comic booky, quite fluid movement. Um, even though the infamous games are a bit more um, sort of superhero esque, and you have powers, and I think Sunset yeah. Overdrive is more shooting and, and different weapons and weapon upgrades yeah. and, and and that Although sort of thing. It's it's also very much a parkour esque game too, yeah. because almost every corner you can slide on, and you yeah. Get... You get way more, like, you get basically have a meter where the more fancy kills and shit you do, the higher the meter gets. And once it gets to certain points, it triggers special abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you kill things while, like, sliding on a rail, you get way more points than just killing them. If you vary your things, the more, yeah, yeah. The more you're moving and killing, mm-hmm. the better you will be at killing because yeah. of these power-ups. So for that, I think it's slightly different. But I hear what you're saying. It's... Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, should we should we move on to a game that uh, I've been playing, which I've enjoyed a lot more than Zombie and the, uh, the other Star. game I play, which is kind of parkour, but not really. Um, I will um, say that on the PS Plus, just to bookend yeah, that yeah. or close the book on that, um, I enjoyed Helldivers okay. quite a bit, actually. Yeah. It, it was one of those, here's a tiny game I kind of maybe heard about, but I actually enjoy. Mm. Most of the rest of the PS Plus games of the past months have just been, I am only playing this because it was free, and also because, well, frankly, we have a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not sure I would have played all of them just because they were free. Some of them I played just so that we could have a chat. Like, that's the level of draw these games seem to have and when i play them it doesn't change my mind like i guess sure they're unknown games and maybe i'm wrong but the fact that i keep getting this suspicion that i have that these are meh games keeps getting reaffirmed makes me believe that the next games are going to be meh too when i think they're meh yeah i mean some of the earlier uh we're getting uh, people complain a lot about playstation plus because you get a lot of uh indie games i'm i mean but i'm i'm mr indie game in a certain sense but i mean well it's uh, you when playstation 4 sort of not first came out but um a few months into it they were releasing things like um ollie ollie well yeah they, they sort games of... that were that were sort of by smaller teams but that were highly replayable that were really fun to play 
Um, and and things they, like games like Rocket League and and they so, they cornered the next the next gen market on indie games. They became the indie platform more yeah. so than Steam because thanks to Steam Greenlight and early access, it's all a mess of whatever the fuck you've anything basically. Like Steam lost its edge when it did that. Another conversation, definitely. But very much so. PS4, PlayStation mm. in general, actually, because even some of the stuff that trickled down to the Vita and the three were a lot more solid offerings, sort of bleeding out of this because certain things could get like released on all three platforms. Yes, yes. Um, and it just seems like they've lost their way on that. Mm, it does a little. Um, yeah, yeah, it does. Um, anyway, I suppose, like, just, if I do well, I, I was gonna. If I move on to the the second game that I've been playing, um, I just mentioned Oli Oli, mm. which was made by Roll Seven, um, and the second game that I've been playing was also made by Roll Seven. I didn't know they came out with another game. Um, yes, it's a game called Not a Hero. Oh, um, it's published by Devolver Digital because right. I picked it up in the Devolver Digital Humble Bundle, which that's has come the out. only reason I looked at that bundle. But the problem was I have so many of their games that that was the only one I didn't have. Yeah, the the only one I did have was um, Titan Souls, so I didn't. You, I, sorry, I don't have that either yeah, because yeah. Um, I you asked I, me for it. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I had I it from opt, a previous I bundle. For that tier. Um, I thought I had yes. it from a previous bundle, but I didn't. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Not a Hero is a pixelated side-scrolling shooter. Um, it's not quite. It's side-scrolling. It's a 2D game, but you you do move left and right, but you, you're tracking down and up through almost tower blocks. Right, that's still um, 2D. Yes, it is 2D, but it's not quite side-scrolling because there's nothing down as it's, well. Um, what, so tell me what the premise is, I think. Maybe that'll... So you are a, a gentleman, or you can you can change character as you unlock them through the game. Right, but... But basically, you're a character, and you're trying to help a, a bloke called... Well, I say bloke. He's not a bloke. Trying to help a character called Bunny Lord become mayor of London. Oh. Uh-huh. And Bunny Lord is a giant bunny in a suit. And... When you say giant, do you mean giant for bunnies or giant for humans? Giant for bunnies. He's okay. human size, but in a very disproportioned way. All right. Um, just wanted to be clear. And it's, uh, it's a very comical, very tongue-in-cheek, piss-take... Um, game in terms of the narration that you get, the small um, scenes explaining the mission you're going into. You know, this this Bunny Lord character stands at a lectern with a, a big projector behind him saying, we're going into this place to kill all of these drug dealers because everyone in the community doesn't like drug dealers and then they'll all vote for me. So let's go in and absolutely murder everybody. And you think, yeah, that's fucking, that's quality. And then Gameplay-wise, it's a, a 2D game. You're moving through these areas. There's a lot of shooting. You can, With one of the characters, you can slide, which knocks people over, and you can stand over them and just execute them. Um, it's quite fast-paced, which is nice. So you've got uh, an element where you, you're running along, and you can do a lot of shooting. You've got to reload, but you can pop in and out of cover. Oh, uh, which is based cover. on a, which is yeah, which is based on a slightly um, extruded item within the corridor that you're in. You can hide behind, say, a, a partition wall, right? I see. Which then has a door in, or 
some kind of machine that's stuck out into the room as such. Even though it doesn't look like it's stuck out into the room, it has a slight bit of shadow to it. So you know that it is it acts as a little bit of cover for you. Right. Um, and you pick up power-ups, so as you move through the level, um, enemies that you kill drop better guns. Um, and you might get a gun which, say, penetrates cover, but you only get 12 bullets in it. Mm. So as soon as you've used those 12 bullets you revert back to your normal weapon. Um, and it's a fun... Sort so, of- can I just quickly ask, um, do you, can you move between weapons, or is it you pick up a power-up, you have that until it runs out? Yeah, exactly. And it also runs out if you reload. So, oh. if you've got three bullets left and you reload, it instantly takes you back to your regular weapon. Um, oh, that's interesting, because I have such a habit of hitting reload. Yeah, I do as well. In in survival games where they actually... um, What game was it that I just recently played? Um, That when you reload, you just discard the clip? Oh, that's Helldivers, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is Helldivers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was just like, Um, ah, goddammit, because I kill one thing with three bullets and I lose a clip because I'm just used to that. Like, on both Quantum Break and The Division... Um, your pistol yeah. has infinite ammo. Mm. And I'm... Don't ask me why. I'm a weird person, but my favorite game uh, weapons in games are pistols and bows. Yeah. Um, and I just... I'm so used to emptying a clip or, like, killing a guy with a headshot because I, I'm decent with a pistol. I like the stability. Um... And then hitting reload so that I'd have a full clip because usually it's weak enough that you need several hits to get, hit the next guy. Yeah, That's yeah. just my usual. It's like fire three times, hit reload because the guy's dead. And then in these games where ammo matters and clips are more realistic, I just fuck myself. Even when I'm like, don't reload, don't reload. Someone will surprise me. I'll, I'll manage to kill them. And then I'll like throw out half my ammo. <laughs> well, I, I was doing this a lot in No More Heroes because I wasn't even thinking about it. I was shooting and then just just glancing at the number in the bottom right mm. and saying, oh, three, I'll reload, I'll bollocks. It was a special weapon that did this, and now I've lost all of those. And I'm just back to my sort of normal, um, you know, normal ammo, normal gun. Um, you do have secondary weapons in No More Heroes, which are either grenades or bombs. Um, you pick those up through the level as well. Uh, oh. the, most, the, the funnest one I've picked up so far is a turret, the most which fun. you just place and destroys everybody within the corridor that you're moving through. Um, um, quick question. What platform did you play it on? Um, I'm playing this on PC. PC. So it, it, Steam game. I, I don't even know if it's on other things. Um, oh, right, it you said it was things? a Humble Bundle. I, I mean, it, I'm just not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a, it was a Steam code um, that yeah. I got for the Humble Bundle. But I, I thought that it might be on PS4 and Xbox One. Um... Ollie Ollie, which was an uh, or Ollie Ollie Two at least, which was by Roll Seven, um, was one of the PlayStation Plus games. So that's on the consoles as well as um, PC. Um, a lot of Devolver Digital titles do come to all platforms. Yeah, um, I don't actually remember Titan what Souls engine and they play on. Uh, they play on. They uh, roll with, but it's it seems to be. In fact, uh, thanks to the wonders of the internet. Um, not a Hero is on PS4, Xbox One, Microsoft Windows, Linux, and Mac OS. Nice. So, so everything but the last gen. Yeah. 
And oh, and the I Game would... Boy Advance. It's not on the Game Boy Advance. Uh, not on the original Game Boy. Not on oh. Vita. Although it seems like it would be a perfect game for Vita. Look what I found oh, when I was packing my stuff. That's yeah. an original Game Boy. With only one game, but it's this. Is it Link's Awakening? Yeah. Yay. Which it turns out is such a... Because I was like, well, I'm moving, and I didn't know this existed, and I'm I'm quite okay with playing ROMs. Although, yeah. now that I have both the game... I knew I had the game, but I didn't know I had the Game Boy. Yeah. So I might have to play Link's Awakening once. Nice. Just, but just... Uh, I need to start selling crap, because I can't afford to move 6,000 <laughs> miles with all the shit I have. Well, 6,000 kilometers. Rather than selling crap, I suggest you go on the Humble Bundle and... and pick up this Devolver Digital publisher because uh, because Not a Hero is is really fun. Oh, it's, it's, I, it's I bought brain. it on G2A as we spoke because, nice. again, I don't need the bundle and it costs me less. But um, <laughs> when you eBay, when you look on eBay for Link's Awakening, all you can find is like the Game Boy Advance or the Game Boy Color releases of this game. Mm. So I have no idea what the, like, the value of this cartridge I've had since I was... 10 have you got the box no yeah because i had it since i was 10 10 yeah um fair enough that's fair enough um I however just... if you really want to get excited oh. you need to I do. go I on do. ebay and search super mario world sealed okay because i have super mario world for this nest in its wrapping don't ask me why and it turns oh, out that fucking thing is worth more than you would think. Really? Yeah, so I'm selling the shit out of that because I don't care. <laughs> nice. Nice. Anyway. Um, so to finish on um, on Not a Hero, it's really fun. It's really piss-takey, tongue-in-cheek. Um, it's got a great humor to it. It's And it, it the gameplay flows very easily. But it's it's like a lot of these sort of smaller, um, you know, like Hotline Miami or something. I was going to say, it sounds it's, very It's quite Miami. difficult at times, but you've got a very quick sort of reset button and you can you can very quickly jump back into a level. Um, I've done the first, um, I think, something like six levels, which then takes you to the next stage as such. Right, um, right. And I believe there's four stages. I've unlocked three characters so far, which do all play very slightly differently. Um, okay. The characters, the the one that I've mainly been playing, um, slides which knocks people over, which you can then execute while they're on the ground. One of the other characters. Um, so when you you reload it as this guy, you stop and mm. then reload and then move on. Whereas one of the other characters can reload on the move. On the fly, they're a bit quicker. They can they they don't slow down when they shoot. But um, does that so mean that are they like? Do they have less health? Um, I can't remember whether they have less health. They have different. So you know, I, all I would just assume there'd be some reason why you wouldn't, you would ever choose this other character. That's all. I don't think. I think you can probably you can slide, but I'm not sure that it takes them down. So you don't get that opportunity to be I able see. to execute um, characters because as you're moving up and or up and down this tower block, you can jump out of a window, go outside, and move yourself so you come back in the window on the next floor down. And then if oh, you wow. slide in and take the guy down, you can then just execute him while he's on the floor. That might trigger everyone else on that 
corridor as such to come towards you because they've heard the gunshots and right. uh, and they run towards you, which gives you a completely different strategy to then have to, to do um, rather than taking just the stairs, which would have brought you out in a different position. You could have taken cover and and gone from there sort of thing. So there's a little bit of replayability to it. And obviously with the different characters, it gives you that replayability with the different um, different missions and different levels trying to go back through it. Um, and all of the, the levels have different objectives on them as well um, to be able to do. So one objective might be get five executions. Um, it might be finish the level in a certain amount of time. And it might be um, collect these five pickups as you move through the level. Right. Um, and at the moment, I don't really think that that's doing anything for me by mm. completing sort of three objectives rather than just completing one or just finishing the, the mission. Apart from at the end of the mission, you're you're greeted. Your your finishing screen is an animated um, short of Bunny Lord. Um, either being, I think it's Mayor of London, Prime Minister of Britain, uh, you know, Prime Minister of England, Queen of Britain, or Ruler of the World, or something, based on how well you've done through these levels. And each each screen is slightly more elaborate, the better that you've done. So the highest status Bunny Lord gets from the way that you've uh, you've successfully done the level. The more you see, I suppose. Hmm. Um, I'm going to open my last beer because uh, I think we're we're fucking rambling on a little bit. What? <laughs> an episode of Tanked Up where it's just you and me that's gone over an hour? Yeah. yeah. Oh shit! It's, yeah, it really has. So um, I'm I'm drinking the uh, my third beer is going to be the Hard Knot Infrared Oxymoronic IPA. Oxymoronic IPA. Yeah, I don't know why it's oxymoronic. Wait, say, say the the full title again. Hard Knot Infrared. An oxymoronic IPA. Hmm. I don't know why it's called infrared. I mean, it's obviously... I'm guessing it's coloured in the visible human spectrum. It's very red in colour. Yeah, but infrared is... not visible to the human eye. No, that's very true. What's your, what's your third beer? It's you... the, the Sur Catherine. Yep. The seven percent IPA that's supposed to be uh, very strong. It has seventy of the IBUs, eleven of the surface range missiles, and seven of the percents. Nice. This beer is this hard not infrared. That nose. It's very heavy, almost. The nose is heavy. Mm, it, it just comes across as. Oh, it's dark. Quite deep in, in color. It looks very... much more. Well, first of all, it's it's very opaque. Mm. It's quite heady, though. It's like a full finger and a half head. I'd say. Mm. And it's brown wow. versus red compared to the other ones. Is that correct? That, that yeah yeah that has got a really bitter taste. Bloody I will hell. say, having thrown back the last of my glass of the um, Uncle Leo's. The sort of standard tartness you would expect out of an IPA, that lingering, does yeah. stay, but it only happened when I took sort of a big gulp. Okay. Um, the St. Catherine is um, still in that ready orangey. Um, mm. It's quite heady. I didn't do 
a terrible pour, but it just the head didn't dissipate. But yeah. it's uh, compared to the other sort of orangey ready beers we've had today, it's 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 translucent versus transparent. Like yeah, yeah, the coloring is similar, but you can't quite see through it. It's I believe it's unfiltered, so that would make sense. Let me just mm. consult the botai. It doesn't say. Uh, oh. oh no, the unfiltered one was the one I was just drinking, which was very clear. <laughs> this um, this hard knot is is very difficult to describe. It's really bitter. You got a slight sweetness on the nose, um, but I'm not getting that in the taste whatsoever. I'm just sort of hit by a very heavy, very bitter taste. Hmm. I haven't even noticed. Hmm. Um... Oh. Bit nutty, perhaps. Hmm. You know how hops. I I don't know if this is true, but the certain hops definitely sort of smell like they are in the same uh, genus as uh, hemp. Yeah. He says coyly. Um, <laughs> it definitely has. Uh, you have you. I'm sure you've had some beers which are very. Especially IPAs, which sort of have that cannabisy. Yes, smell. yeah, definitely. Yeah, this has that, but sort of. Hmm, how do I describe this? Think of that smell, mm. and then only take sort of the top slash sweet parts of that smell. Yeah, that is what this smells like. Okay. Yeah, you get that with a lot of lagers as well. I'm not sure whether that's a certain type of. Malt or, or it would be hops, right? A, a hop that that does that, whether it's uh, one very specific type. Um, but yeah, you, you you do get a lot of that with um, with some lagers sometimes. So there's no sweetness; it's just sort of that 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 hint of that family of plant. Mm. Ooh, ooh, it's um, what does that hit? It's got. Again, I'm surprised that this IPA doesn't linger as much. Yeah. There's a tartness that sits around, but the... Oh, I take it back. Hold on. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. No, it's not that it's coming. It's just that it didn't leave. It's oh. not a strong finish, <laughs> yep. but it stays. Mm. Um, the initial taste, though... Is good? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little... Hmm. So if the nose is the top end of that sort of hops, cannabisy sort of intersection smell, yeah, the taste is a lack of that. Okay, but it's not quite just the bottom; like it doesn't have that cannabisy relational. It's just sort of a deep bitter, mm, but mm. it doesn't have any of the sweetness. Like all the sweetness is in the nose. Yeah, so I, the it, sip I had where I t inhaled as I sipped was remarkably different from the sip I just sipped. Yeah, we we seem to be very similar in our beers this week. That our third ones, that the, you've got a sweetness on that nose, but you've got a very bitter, bitter taste. And you don't get a huge amount of that sweetness in the taste. Um, let's let's enjoy these and think about them a little yeah, bit more. Um, and let's good. move on to our um, our topic, which is just a very brief discussion um, that we thought we'd have um, about uh, a guy called uh, Brandon. Um, DM Brandon, Brandon, I think you'll find. Yeah, DM Brandon, Brandon Nance, who was a, a pro Smite player or streamer, um, and commentated actually for 
um, High Res Studios. I was going to say, sort of for uh, it. It's High Res Studios is of course the the developer of Smite. Mm. Um, but what's interesting is that um, it's a MOBA. Yep. Smite, Smite is a MOBA uh, where you play uh, various different gods, and uh, which uh, create the different characters and create the classes, which give you different abilities. Yeah. Based and on then there's gods. different maps, but essentially there's yep. a couple of different paths, and you have to destroy their towers to get to their phoenix to get to their big god. Yep. Those are um, sort of the tiers of things you have to destroy. But what's interesting is Hyra Studios have sort of shepherded their best commentators from the community into yep. in-house commentators. Yes. Um, so they've given them a space to do that, but they've still given them the autonomy. Mm. They basically said, you are you streaming our game is only good for our game, so we're going to give you an environment that lets, us, lets that happen, but we don't want to change the dynamic you have with the community. At least that's the, that's the impression I get. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. So it, it, that is it, what it, it, it. Shit. I was gonna say that is definitely what it's uh, what it feels like completely. Um, I think the the thing we wanted to talk about was that um, that, that Brandon Nance um, received a message whilst he was streaming, whilst he was streaming Smite from a uh, a person who watches his videos, who uh, basically says that. Um, that Smite uh, is a positive outlook, uh, or positive outlet, sorry, for uh, for that person, um, and that his videos um, had helped this, the, the commenter, who's saying that they tried to kill themselves um, previously, uh, last year, I believe. Uh, I think um, I've, got the, I've got at least part of the message. Um, he gave a $5 donation, Charity donation, so I think it might not might not have gone to him, but to a doesn't charity go to situation. the streamer, right? Okay. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm going off of Kotaku's article, so they yep. said a five dollar charity donation. So I assume it's not a charitable donation in the loose sense, but rather a donation to a charity. Yes, yes, um, yes. And he said, "I tried killing myself last August. Discovered your videos once I was released. I assume from some sort of psychiatric care." Yep. Uh, that's a bracketed comment by me. And Smite has become a positive outlet for me. Thanks. So not not only did he f- sort of find some sort of solace. I, I Again, I say he might have been a she. That's me being heteronormative misogynist because I mm-hmm. said he and she. Um, but uh, this person not only found solace in, in the videos, but also... The videos seem to have introduced them to the game, and the game has somehow, in general, become a thing. Yes. That's it. That's at least that's what I, I interpret the message as. I found your videos. They made me think that the world was not a terrible place, but also the game, and then like joining the game also was super positive. To me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the thing we really wanted to focus on was that um, Brandon, the streamer, didn't have such a positive response to this message. Do you want um, and to actually, read what he said, or do you want to read what he said? Um, is it there in the article? So, uh, yeah, so actually, yeah, what he actually said was, there are a lot of streamers out there who would appreciate that message. I'm just going to call you an asshole. It's a selfish, stupid thing to do. Um, he followed which, with. 
Uh, which I, I, can, I have to scroll to see what he followed. Suicide is not selfish. Oh, uh, sorry, well, yeah. So he yeah. said it's a selfish thing. Then, then a critic said. So, so someone then, yeah. Sorry, so. My bad. I'm mean, trying to sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, prompted so, you uh, to read the thing because I thought yeah. it was a follow up, but it wasn't. But it's not a follow up. It's not a follow up. So I wanted to to start off saying that that just seems fucking amazingly irresponsible. Um, as a as a as an initial comment, um, like even if you, you think that's true, the fact that someone's saying, "I wanted to kill myself, now I don't," so in your parlance, I want it to be super selfish, but I've chosen not to be. Like even if your interpretation is what Nance said, you should not sort of find a stick to smack the beehive with. Yeah, you don't relate that back to the person who's um, you know, trying to find some kind of positive in this and would like to, to thank you, I suppose, for that. You don't sort of throw, throw that back in their face. Even if he'd have, he could have very easily brushed this off, irrelevant of how he felt about it, and just said, thanks for the donation... Or said, fuck on. all. Yeah, or, or I'm sure this, had, this guy was sure. prominent enough to have multiple people following him. I get the sense that he, this is not the first donation. I doubt he thanks all of the people personally. He could have yeah. just left it as is, and, and the writer would have been like, well, I said my piece. Yeah. But he chose, yeah. in the heat of the moment, whatever, that doesn't excuse him, right, um, to single this comment out Again, this is someone who's donating $5 in your name in some way, shape, or form. So, just from a PR standpoint, you don't call the people who are doing that assholes. Um, Mm. And in general, if you don't believe in suicide or don't think that it's even... you, You can't see how that's a thing anyone could possibly think of in an appropriate manner... Pushing someone, like needling someone, who is who is admitting to that mindset is just that's irresponsible. Yeah, completely. Um, it, it is massively, and it, it could be that those comments that he's made would could have had a very negative effect on this person. Could have. You're very charitable. Well, yeah, we don't know. You're very. We charitable. don't know. We don't know. Um, he he. It's it's you know the the, the problem with this example is that it didn't just stop at that comment he then went on a tirade about selfishness about well, suicide being selfish and i about, think, I think you part know, of you that can, was you can go and watch other streamers if this is the way that you yeah. feel um, and then and then basically yeah. just swearing at this person and telling them to fuck and themselves for those of you who don't want to dig it up i will uh, I'll, I'll sort of jump in and say the comment that i was um i i convinced poor Ben to start reading was, was a response mm. uh, in his Twitch comments which said, suicide is not selfish. You are a terrible person. And he replied with, well, you can find another streamer to watch. Suicide is very selfish. Everyone has loved ones, family, parents. If you kill yourself with another person on the planet that cares about you, you're being a selfish prick, plain and simple. If you don't like my opinion about that, you, if you don't like my opinion about that, you can find somewhere else to watch who's going to tell you that killing yourself is okay. Go fuck yourself, kid. 
Yeah. It continued, but I think that's enough for us yeah, to Yeah, that quote. is enough. That is, that is, it's a pretty brutal response. And it's, and even though he was responding to a, a another person commenting on Twitch, he then sing, singles out the person again who had... Well, he singles at anyone who's possibly had these feelings, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And... It's, it, it, I mean, it... Also, I, think... I hate to say this, but there are people who, in the, people in the world who don't have family and parents and don't have people they could easily classify as loved ones. Because it turns out not everyone has as good a life as we do. And yeah. I will say that the odds of them being on a Twitch stream for Smite are very low just because the demographic who can access those things are the demographic who probably have family, friends, friends. Yes. But yes. in general, that's just not true. Uh, the logician in me has to point out that not everyone has loved ones. Yeah, no, that's that, that's fair. And even some people within the, the position that we're in that are able to access these streams and things may not be in a loving uh, environment or household. Or you, might, you might have... Um, People who love you, but that doesn't mean you don't. Depression and suicidal uh, ideation are things that don't happen in this weird sort of emotional vacuum. No, completely. Um, completely. And it doesn't matter if you have loved ones. Mm. It doesn't like. So last year, my best friend took his own life. Um, so this is fairly strong topic for me also i've been suffering from depression on and off for a number of years um the the whole thing about this is that the the mental slash emotional pain you're feeling is so strong it's not that you don't give a shit about these people it's just the pain is yeah. so strong that despite the fact that you don't want to hurt these people you cannot see another way of Yes. going on yeah. Yeah, it's precisely like when you make that decision it's not ignoring the feelings of these people it's that the feelings you have are pushing you in a way that outweighs this thing and he's missing that entire point right yeah like it's completely. not that you're a selfish prick in fact other people i've known have stated that the only reason they haven't sort of moved to self-harm or more is because of the people in their life. Yes. Yeah. And and that's not an uncommon thing, right? It's when your brain is is not on your side, um then you cannot see another way despite not wanting to hurt these people. It's not yeah. that you want to hurt people. You're not being selfish and you're not ignoring other people's feelings. You're just in so much mental anguish and pain that you might consider those people's feelings and realize that it's not worth all told all of the pain you're feeling. And and I'm, I get that not everyone knows someone who's gone through that or has gone through something, even a minor percentage of that. But if you don't know about this shit, fucking shut up. Completely. And I, I think you have a, as a, a, a broadcaster, as someone who people listen to, you have a responsibility to not make anyone feel like a piece of shit. 
you you have a responsibility not to single out anybody, to single out any group and make them feel bad. It's it's you shouldn't be, uh, you know, it should have been something that anyone that encounters this. If someone sends you a message saying, "Hey, this is you've helped me through this," or "This has done this," and uh, uh, as this example, you can either gloss over it if your feelings don't match up. Or you can just have a positive affirmation and just say thank you very much and I, and and just move on. I mean, I it's, you 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 have a, a position of responsibility to not just that person, but to all of the people that you're broadcasting to. So if there's people that listen to this fella or anyone, and that person has a specific viewpoint, those people might then sit there and think, mm, I haven't considered it. This person then might be an asshole for for feeling this certain way, and if, and, and and you know going to then affect the way that other people think. It's something that I think television um, has dealt with years and years ago, so doesn't really touch and and doesn't have that sort of issue as much now. But online broadcasting streaming. Well, I think I think I, I have to stop you there. I, I do agree. Sorry, I agree that um, when you are when you're speaking to an audience, specifically an audience who's choosing to listen to you specifically. Yeah, I said specifically twice. That's a no no. That's why we have a small audience. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, your that responsibility increases, but yep. I also think that as a person um, as a thinking feeling person your feelings of generic your generic feelings of empathy and sympathy mm. um, should take you to a place where you never make someone feel bad for not taking their own life yeah um, you might in abstract say I think suicide is selfish and people who do that are not fully recognizing the impact they have on other people, which I think is probably true, right? Because again, um, my best friend took his own life last year and there's been this huge outpouring of, of, of sadness, but also love and togetherness from his um, friends and family. Like I'm super close with his um his his uh mom stepdad and sister now who i had never met yeah right through our mutual love and emotional attachment to this person who's no longer around yeah now you could interpret that as what the fuck was he thinking he did this horrible thing i understand that point of view i i personally don't ascribe to it but that doesn't give you the right to go to someone who's clearly in a bad slash tenuous emotional state and run your mouth off at them, especially in a public audience. Yes, like, yes. Because people are social animals. And if I told you, Ben, something that was hurtful after we stopped hitting record, that would mm-hmm. feel a lot differently than if I told you something personal, uh, some, the same thing on the podcast and didn't edit it out and pushed it to publish and and had broadcast it to right. everyone as a, yeah yeah I, I completely agree I mean 
I, I think we, we do need to very, uh, we do need to say that, um, Brandon Nance, the, the streamer as such had then released a statement afterwards, you know, massively apologizing for this, um, and saying that, um, talking about sort of the stress levels of trying to juggle the lifestyle and keep up appearances and things and doing things like streams yeah. were a little too much as such when the comment came in and that he was in the, it was the sort of a heat of a moment type response to it. But I don't um, think that exonerates fuck all. I don't think it does, but he has, I think we we do need to say that he has tried to, comment adversely to this and and to sort of try and not backtrack even though it does seem like he's trying to backtrack um so i think i'll I'll, i won't quote his huge long twitter message but i will say that he, he intimated that he he himself was he could he said he could weather the the hate from his comments and the personal yeah. responses but he did not think that his employer, High Res Studios, mm-hmm. should have to deal with that. And then he also commented, which again, I think this is the large grain of salt moment, right? He said, I couldn't believe what I said because I didn't mean it, and I certainly do not mean for it to come out as I did. I couldn't understand how fucked how I fucked up that badly. The stress levels of trying to juggle this lifestyle while mm. keeping up appearances at events and everything on top got to the point where it's actually fucking up what I meant to say, but please don't point your hate at others for my mistake. I think that's a load of shit. I think that's that that sort of paragraph is the the grain of truth versus the grain of salt. The grain of truth in that is I did not want my employer or anyone else involved involved with my anyone else to be affected by my opinion. Yes. But I don't think yeah. that's not his opinion. Like yep. no, I agree. And, and like if you go to the Kotaku article or anything else, you could hear him say it. He's quite impassioned. Mm-hmm. Um Yes, he's very he's very aggressive in his response. Yeah, and and frankly, you don't get there without not believing what you're saying. I see why you have to say that, or you think you have to say that, but it'd be much. I would I would respect the guy much more if he said, "I believe this. I recognize that one, not everyone believes agrees with me, and two, it was not the appropriate place nor time for me to." espouse this belief yes yes um if you have something to say about this belief we should take that offline yeah yeah and if he said that i think frankly he wouldn't i wouldn't even fault him for not resigning if he had been that bold and and forthright with his own opinion like like owning his opinion but also owning his position Mm. instead he gave up his position and yes completely folded on his opinion in a way that sort of clearly pointed to I know uh, my opinion is this but I'm I I can't hold on to it because people are angry at me yeah no I completely agree um I suppose I would just finish the conversation um by saying you know obviously neither of us agree with the way that Brandon Nance has gone about responding to his comments um and I just say, if you need to talk to someone, there's always someone to talk to. Well, yeah. Uh, so the Samaritans are a good thing in the UK. Yes. Um, which I think are... I think they had good press in the 70s and 80s. I don't know if they do now. 
I, I, not I mean, so much now. Not I so had much. a. I didn't live consistently in the UK. Of the few years I lived there, I kept jumping back to Canada because of the silly Catherine girl. Um, so I don't. I, I. But I rarely saw. The, in fact, the only place I saw the Samaritans advertising was on the Bristol Suspension Bridge. Oh dear, that's not a very good. Well, well, it's, it's the right place, place. But yeah. I'd like to see them advertising before the bridge. <laughs> it's like last resort advertising. Um, um, but Canada yeah. doesn't have something so broadly broad and generic. Like Samaritans are good because you there's a multitude of reasons why you might feel shitty about your life and the Samaritans are there to just talk to you and listen about yeah, law. Yeah, completely. Um, Canada has sort of a few suicide hotlines, etc. But you might not feel suicidal, but still need to talk out. Need to, to, need to talk to someone, definitely. And, and sometimes it's very difficult to try and talk to friends or family because you don't feel that they're going to well, understand what you're saying. But they might. And there's well, a, lot of, a lot of fucking support. Yeah, there's sort of two sides to this coin, I think. Uh, one, um, the reason why counselors slash therapists are such a good resource is because they are an impartial third party who's knowledgeable about this, this or the realm of feeling shitty, and they know uh, they've interacted with people who've had similar feelings, etc. Having said that, though, very few of the very few healthcare systems in the Western world will give you access to this type of person without cost. Yes, true. So this brings us back to the example um, that the, the 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 person who'd made the donation obviously felt that they could speak to someone who is very removed from them in terms of a personal relationship, someone who had helped them possibly through the videos that they'd done, through the gameplay that they'd uploaded, um, who was not a personal friend, who they didn't know, who they could make a very anonymous comment to. But they had a connection to it, right? That's just but, the weird but thing But they about- had a connection to it, exactly. Yes, yes. Twitch, definitely. YouTube... Um, podcast sort of uh, it, we're in this weird area where we end up revealing a lot about ourselves slash you hear us every week you've, mm. you've um, oh Jesus oh, sorry <laughs> um, uh, and um, you've lost uh, yeah so we've revealed anything. a lot about ourselves so you feel like you yep. know us but it's completely one-sided um, completely. in that yes. we yes. don't know you, not to say we don't want to, but we just don't know the details. So there's this, this the only reason I would call it artificial is because it's one-sided. There's this artificial yeah. closeness yeah. that normally, like with other internet relationships, you would have the two-way street. And I think it's not artificial at all, but because I know fuck all about you, listener, um, yeah. but you know a lot about me, there's this implied closeness but because of that you uh, as a person on the other side you, you that a closeness means something so it means a lot more when someone like this who again from their perspective doesn't know you from you know the dude on the sidewalk begging for change um yeah can easily just throw away your feelings but you've got more invested as a as a sort of subscriber listener etc yeah definitely so as a as a broadcaster you need to be much more careful with the way that you respond to things and the way that you interact with your uh, audience. Definitely. So I think that brings us to a close for an episode. We are tanked up. 
we were always fucking tanked out. We constantly drink. What was your favourite beer of the episode? Um, that's a good question. Whilst you think about it, I'm going to say that mine was the 13 Guns. Yeah? The, uh, that yeah, was your second yeah. beer? The second beer. Yeah. The Crafty Dan 13 Guns, American IPA. Um, it was very... It was nice. It was a good IPA. The Hard Knot Infrared was just a little too bitter for me. Um, mm. A little too heavy in taste. The Piston Head Custom Lager was a nice lager, but it's no different really from a lot of the standard supermarket shelf lagers that you get. It didn't mm. quite have that Pilsner sort of malt to it that some of the nicer lagers that we've, some of the craft beer, craft brewery lagers that we've had sort of have that extra little taste to it. And mm. the custom So I think that's really actually that. um, the biggest fault I have with craft brewing as it stands. Mm. is that um, it's so IPA ale-centric that I'm, mm. like, I say IPA ale-centric because, like, you can have, you can find decent, like, like good entries into the porter and a stout category. Yes, but yes. They all hinge on a brewery having good solid IPA. Yeah. But, like, I'm okay with that, and I'm okay with ones not having the IPA, but, um, your your loggers and your pilsners just are not. There's not as many entries, and because of that, you don't have that same depth of variety. Yeah, completely, completely. So, um, you, go on. I, I was I was just going to lead on to what your favorite beer was. Oh, uh, the hell did I have? <laughs> no, I'm joking. One, one with a nun. One with Mario. Mario. Yeah, the Uncle Tom, he looks like Mario. Uncle Leo. Oh, Uncle Leo. Uncle I Tom, Tom. Who is Uncle it's Tom? It's a um, racially charged phrase in North America. Oh, is it? Oh, mm. oh dear. Mm, yeah, if you're an Uncle Tom, you're a um, person of African descent who might oh, really? not be of on the same side as other Africans. Oh, oh dear. Well, that's not quite what I meant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um what Talking of being a responsible broadcaster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't even know where I put the can, the double block. Um, but, but that's I what you're going for? I, no, I actually think it's it's a it's a bit of a dead heat, but I think I'm going to go with the Sur Catherine. Yeah. Um, not just because it has an entertaining, cartoony, nun, toy description. Um, but the more I had it, uh, the less I needed to drink it sooner, if that makes sense. Like the finish yeah, yeah, sort of yeah. started yeah, yeah. to really sit with me and grow. Mm. And um, it's clearly an IPA. It clearly has this bitter IPA finish, but it's quite unique, actually. Like yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't have the finish that you would sort of standardly expect from an IPA. It's still bitter, nice. still long. Um, mm. But I would definitely look for this again. While Excellent. like the Uncle Leo's IPA was. I hate to say it, but fairly forgettable. Yeah, um, yeah. Having said that, I only had half of the 650 mil bottle. Uh, so okay. probably more today, but I don't think I'd buy another bottle anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fair. Too much competition in its sphere. Mm. And mm. then the Doppelbock was interesting, um, but ultimately not quite as um, nuanced. Yeah, no, that's fair. So, for another week, we... We're both looking quite tanked up. I think we're probably yeah. rambling on as if we're quite tanked up. Um, you can tell us how well we're doing 
on Twitter. You can go to at tactap underscore cast. Uh, Although our, our overlord, Mr. Ross, says we should change that. We should change it. We should change it. We dis- we discussed that in honest, previous episodes. Tanked up pod or tanked up cast would be just uh, as easy. But I kind of it seems late to change that thing. Well, we might do. Um, you can get me at Nova underscore forty seven. That's a little bit easier. Or you can get Adel at the Omniarch, which is difficult to spell, but it's a little bit easier. Not really. Just uh, the. Yep. Omni Ark, where Ark is like monarch, not Ark as in covenant. Nice. Um, um, because it does actually mean ruler of all things, because my hubris at in grade five knew no bounds. <laughs> uh, you can also email us, um, tanksupcast at gmail.com. We've got a Facebook page, which is. Or, uh, or you could just email us at the generic Out of Lives Network podcast good. at outoflives.net. I was coming to that one. We are part of the Out of Lives Network. They have lots of other podcasts, which I've described at length on previous episodes. But we range a gambit from entertainment to wrestling. Now, Again. see, I don't think we should mention wrestling because I've I've started listening to Out of Nowhere. Quite, I mean, I'm obviously mentioning them now. Uh, I've started just adding it to my weekly erota, and they forget us every week. Fuck them then. Yeah. Don't listen to the wrestling podcast. Until I until we get to Tombstone them. That's that's <laughs> a move I know. Is that is that the one you know? Yeah, the one that the Undertaker does. Yeah. Where nice, where nice. he he flips them upside down and yep. then drops to his knees and pretends yep. like their head was not above his knees but below. Yeah. That a that good, move is called a, a Tombstone. Call back to the 90s there. Um we've also got a Facebook page which is tanks up underscore cast. Um, is it really underscore got, in the Facebook? It, it might be. I don't know. I can't remember just what it is. Which is I'm just saying the same thing constantly. Um, we've also got a YouTube page. You can get us at um, so, Tanked Up on there as well. Um, so what's so what's unique about the YouTube page compared to these other things? So on the YouTube page, we've got lots of other videos where we get drunk and play games and other videos where we talk about games. Um, so games that we've played a lot of, such as The Witcher... Ooh, or we've got a video super about the Witcher. Actually, we don't have a super hot video. I'm gonna have to change that. Yeah, we we definitely have to. I'm um, gonna have to go to level one again and, and and beat it on video so that we can talk about so how awesome we can talk I about am. it. No, it's a good idea. It's a good idea. Um, you can guess in all the normal fucking social media esque places you're listening to us, so you probably already follow us more than oh, likely. I will say that. Uh, feel free to add um, Ben or myself on your favorite gaming platform. I'm the Omniarch, T-H-E-O-M-N-I-A-R-C-H, on PSN, Xbox Live, Steam, Twitter, etc. So uh, I, I, I'd love to try and play a game with you if you're around. Um, and Ben, I think you're Nova underscore 47 on Steam. No, I'm Nova underscore 47 on PlayStation and on Twitter, but I'm Nova underscore 47 who stole my name on Steam. Because unfortunately, I stole. So earlier today, it said Nova underscore forty seven came online. Yeah, that's just my screen name. Oh, I see. Because so your screen we're... name and your profile name are slightly right, different okay. on Steam. Gotcha. Right, but we won't go into the specifics Minutia. of Steam names and things. We will finish for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Ciao.
Oh, I can't even snap. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> right back. <laughs> oh, dear. Sorted. There we go. I used to. I usually can snap really loudly, really well. Dude, try one, and we'll come in from that. Yeah, I'll. I might have to snap later. 